0: All right, so hello guys, welcome back. My name is Ector, and today we, we have a new guest. Dr. Van Haum. Dr. Van Haum Nick, better know. And we're also with Dr. Abasi on a Zoom meeting. So, Dr. Abasi, tell us about what we're going to be touching the topics of today.
1: What you said last time in your podcast that uh, they're anticipating a career in medicine. Many of them, they want to be doctors. Actually, many people ask me, is it worth it? Now, um, I have individually asked, uh, answered many of those questions and uh, uh, many people have asked, you know, the actual steps to be a doctor. Now, I have been, I started my medical career in Iran. I continue that in Germany and I uh, obviously, am. Uh, I'm In my medical education, I still see myself as a student in medicine in the United States. And as well, we have Dr. Van Hoem here. Uh, Dr. Van Hoem, why don't you tell us a little about your medical story before you present to these young people who anticipate to be like us, what it takes to be a doctor?
2: It takes um, quite a lot of dedication, commitment, and um, self-discipline. I don't know why I chose China, but I chose China. And I applied to the universities with my high school diploma, and um, I got admitted to about five schools, and I chose the one in Beijing. And um, it's a six-year program for MBBS, okay, Bachelor of Medicine and Bachelor of Surgery. So um, it is an intensive um, program structured with um, a diversified curriculum that trains you to be able to practice anywhere in the world. I
1: just want to say for people who don't know that um, in the United States, you have to go through pre-med, meaning that usually about three, four years of basic science, like biology and many other physiology and other disciplines that you need. But then you're done with your undergrad, then you apply for med school, which is generally actually four years. In very few places in the United States, you can go for a combined approach where the pre-med and meds are, when you are accepted, or included together. But in most of the world, including in everywhere else I have been, and Dr. Van Home is going to tell you more about that, that path is set directly from the high school, meaning that the med school is not just what we consider United States med school, but as well the what we would consider here in United States pre-med. So please go at Dr. Van
2: So, yeah, um, like uh, Dr. Abazi has um, aforementioned, um, first three years in um, med school, that is the MBBS program, was basic science. And you would have to um, learn the language alongside, because once you get to clinic, you should be able to communicate with the patients fluently and um, all, you know, working personnel in the clinical um, environment. And um, you would learn all your anatomy, your biochemistry, your molecular biology, like the basic sciences to be able to, you know, um, move from classroom to bedside.
1: Why don't you tell us the courses, you know, in, because in Germany it's very similar. You get a, what we call pre-med. It's That's in right. the med school, but pre-med. That's right. What classes, did, did you just describe them individually for people who are interested. What classes did you take in your pre-med part of your med school?
2: So first year, um, there is a decisive examination that determines if you should stay in the school and proceed with your medical career or medical education. That is um, a comprehensive anatomy, biochemistry, um, physiology. I mean, it's comprehensive and it will test your ability to proceed if um, you can be a good student to be precise. And um, these are basically taken within the first um, two years of um, the training. And then the third year, we kind of like have a hybrid classroom and clinical rotation. So we have half day um, classroom education where we have um, um, pharmacology, we have everything that is within the um, basic sciences we do have, I can't can't remember offhand, but I know very well that um, for you to have diagnostic ability, you should be able to know your anatomy, you should be able to know your biochemistry, you should be able to know your pathology. And then you can see your patients to do physical diagnosis, physical examination, all that. And then you can use your pharmacological skills to treat um, or manage your
1: patient, yes. I can tell that in Iran and in Germany, the first two years are as well basic science. In my first year in, in Iran, in Iran I was just just about uh, less than a year, mm-hmm. but uh, in Germany very similar. In the first year we learned chemistry, physics. Yeah. We had a class in Latin because lots of anatomical description and uh, you know anatomy and physiology and medicine are generally Latin. We have a medical Latin and, and part of that medical Latin actually we learned another language that lots of medical information come from. Hector, can you guess what the other language was that we learned in the med school to prepare us for medical terminology? English. Mm, yeah, English is a given. That You don't need to learn it in the school. Yeah, Dr. Van home. what other language do you think has greatest impact on medical terminology?
2: Um... Old Greek. Um, so you mentioned Greek, right? Oh, the old
1: Greek. Um, Not the Greek spoken now in Greece, okay. but the old Greek. Oh, wow. Because lots of medical terminology That's- in medicine is actually in old Greek. And many times we combine them. So other classes that I had in my first two years, uh, as you mentioned, is was uh, pharmacology, physiology, biochemistry. And uh, there are people who say medicine is just a very small part of biochemistry. Medicine is the living part of biochemistry. And the biochemistry is obviously a very small part of organic chemistry, carbon-based and biological part of the organic chemistry. And obviously chemistry is a small part of biochemistry, is a small part of chemistry. they build up us from chemistry to biochemistry, to biology, to physiology. And along the way, the medical terminology that we learned, they, great, they created a, a practically a foundation for us. Anatomy, obviously was a must in the first two years and we had it in every semester, a, big, a huge part of, uh, uh, bi- of the uh, biology. Another thing that I really hated was the biological physics the discipline where the chemistry and the physics are, are combined. And you see how the reaction, what is the physical properties of certain chemical yeah. reaction, like how the changing the temperature would affect the chemical reaction. I hated that because it was a, such a dry subject. But now I understand after being 30 years in medicine, why when we have fever, what that means and how does it change our thing? Those are truly basic science things that we learned in my first two years in Germany. That was 1990 to 1992. I'm I'm sure it's changed now, but please, Dr. Van tell us before you give into clinical part. We didn't even in my part. We didn't even learn to examine the patient in the first two years. That wasn't part of our yes. Course. So for the
2: first two years, years we did not examine the patients, they made sure that we were actually well vexed in the um, basic sciences. We visited hospitals from time to time to observe um, how the um, providers actually took care of patients um, in the cardio department. In the respiratory department, in the GI department, we saw different types of diseases. Basically, more like an intro of what we are going, to foreshadow of what we are going to feel once we get into clinical, you know, um, routine. So it was quite.
1: I'm very interested. Tell me some of your experiences there. Tell me some of your experience that when you went there, what did you see? What was your impression? Tell me about that. <laughs> All right. So um, it was quite a cultural
2: shock because. Um, First, the Chinese patients will wonder, oh, these are foreign doctors here. And um, the providers will go like, oh, we have international students here who would be observing with us today as we go through all the necessary procedures or probably clinic. We also observed um, physicians or providers within the clinic um, seeing patients. So my experience was just um, to observe, even though I knew my knowledge was not up to, you know, standard at that time because I was still learning the basic sciences, but um, I was able to align what I learned from classroom to what doctors or providers were communicating with the patients and whenever like we had some kind of little break where a doctor was not seeing the patient we asked questions and the the doctor or provider actually responds accordingly just to make sure that we are able to capture some knowledge or something new before we get back to our school. Um, so yeah, that was um, something that we experienced. And sometimes um, incidental patient contacts, let's say vital signs, the first two years you would be asked, okay, take the blood pressure of this patient. You've seen me do it once or twice. We want to give it a try? Yes. And so we're going to do it. You, you take the temperature, we take the blood pressure, we check the respiratory rate. And, um, yeah, and um, I mean, these are basic stuff that we encountered um, in our first two years. We did not really perform any serious procedures on patients.
1: Yeah,
2: and on My experience
1: in Germany was very similar in a sense that, as well, we, had, we got our medical experience. But Germans are very pragmatic about that. I had to go and be a nurse's assist for eight weeks in Germany, literally go there, be not part of the doctor team, but part of the nursing team clean the patient up, We're bring patient food. Just we had to be shadowing a doctor for uh, eight weeks as well. So it seems that, you know, they're both in China and Germany are um, similar. I know that many med students in the United States as well, they ask me if they can come and shadow me. I'm not sure if it's a required thing or is it something they want to do on their own, but it seems that across the globe, um, it requires some direct exposure is required. So practically you get your exposure by uh, shadowing doctors, your basic science. So what happened afterward?
2: Afterwards, you go back to your books. So we had this book um, that we used. um, It's a Hutchinson's um, physical diagnosis book. So whatever you saw, you go back and you go and review and you check if everything was consistent, if there's something missing, if there's something you need to add, if you have further questions, you put them down. Next time you go to clinic, you ask your um, doctor or supervising um, tutor. So this happened for like a whole year um, because we had it like half, um, let's say two or three times a week. And it's panned kind of across the whole um, third academic year. And when we reached um, fourth year, we actually actually the very good students that so the, have you moved now to your clinical?
1: Are you are year, you done Yes. So, yes,
2: yes, yes. So okay. third year was when you started shadowing first, okay. first semester. So we have we had two semesters in a year. You know, so the first semester you start shadowing, and during the shadowing period, um, the training or teaching faculty basically can assess students that have potential. So mm-hmm. um, in the second semester, they begin to um, assess and pick up and go like, hey, I have surgery today. You want to join? And then they speak with the um, OR, go like, OK, we bring bringing this guy in today. He's going to scrub. They'll teach you how to scrub and all that and then and you you involved, and they'll be teaching you this is that this is I mean they will they'll basically expose everything to you you will pass you every semester we have a we have a test if you fail well,
1: did you, have you have a big test, test at the end of did you have a big test after like 2 years before go you go from pre clinical to post to the clinical training did you have that's a big right. test that's
2: right yes yeah, so we usually had like intermissions or we say that um um, pre-assessment to be able to get to the next level, you have a very strong comprehensive examination yeah. that evaluates your ability. For instance, if you want to actually go to the clinical, uh, uh, clinical side, um, you have to take a comprehensive examination, including anatomy, neuroanatomy, application of anatomy, um, biochemistry, pharmacology, all comprehensive, even um, <laughs> immunology, immunology, microbiology, um nutrition parasitology they are all inc- inclusive
0: so it's very interesting that it was a pack right six years you had you told us already about uh two years pre-clinical uh then you go clinical in one 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 big difference in the u.s that you need to do pre-med and after you have four years in the in the bachelor like you don't need the bachelor. You are going through a pack, pack education system. So that's very interesting. That is in China, in Beijing, a big difference in the U.S. is you need to take the MCAT before going to the medical school, then go to four year of general medicine. So on this timeline, when you divide your general medicine versus your a specialty or branch of the medicine that you want to focus because you know okay. you're, you're being exposed to a lot on the right. clinical thing right much
1: later that comes much later that right. does not come in the first two years you know in germany the first two years you get the, all the pre-med stuff and then you have a big exam you have every course you take you have an exam but at the end of two years you have a big exam in germany they call it physico Mm-hmm. That's practically pre-med. You have to pass it to move on to the clinical side. That's right. And at that point, practically you're equal in two years, you are equal pre-med and is now applying for med school. Okay. And so I'm, and I'm assuming that you every year you make an exam in China, and if you don't pass the exam, you don't move to the next level. In Germany, it's two years, first two years then you do exam and pass to the next level.
0: Production gave us um, some documents for Dr. Raham. Joe, what
2: are these credentials so, you have? Interestingly, I got my transcript here in front of me that I can share a little bit of information regarding the subjects I took in my first year, okay? So um, in semester one, um, first semester, we were introduced to um, basic chemistry, like you mentioned, and also medical physics, advanced mathematics, general information on China, and then physical education. So that's the first semester. Usually the first semester is kind of flexible, but it's also intense. That was not something that they're going to assess your ability on to promote you to the next level. In the second semester, we started with systemic anatomy and organic chemistry, computer basics, um, Chinese language, physical education, histology and embryology. Okay, and um, in um, um, the second year, which is the beginning of third semester, um, we had histology and biology, localized anatomy, cell biology, biochemistry, medical genetics, medical biology, expe- biological experiment, physiology, and also in the second year again. That is the four years of the whole six-year period, which is the semester. We also have medical microbiology. That is a very broad topic. Yes, I hated that one. And then we had medical immunology, one of my favorites, medical parasitology, um, pathogen biology and immunology um, experiment. We had Chinese language because it's very important to us in a curriculum because for clinical practice in clinic, you should be able to communicate effectively with patients. We also had fiscal education, medical literature retrieval. That is also very good for research purposes so
0: yeah that can show you it's very intense i mean a lot of people say that okay medicine is hard becoming a doctor is hard i mean it's like doctor here told us on uh, the beginning it's self-discipline you need to get in love with your topic you cannot do it for any other thing because if you're going to be exposed to this type of of material these courses are heavy there will help you to understand a lot of the medical things, especially how to treat a person, how to be able to de- diagnose them. We, we can see that it's, it's, it's more extensive, but we don't want to take
1: every, every hour. So for American audience, that might not be as compact as for a Chinese or German or the me- medical student. But nevertheless, you're absolutely right. There is a, a, a lot of material to go through. Let's go clinic year by year. Med school start with the clinic, right? That's uh, right. you have some information regarding that, right?
0: Yeah, uh, uh, medical school is about uh, going on clinic. I mean, you yeah. can do stuff undergraduate in the clinic, but you cannot diagnose. You know, you can do scribing, you can be doing clinical research, uh, but you cannot be one-on-one with the patient.
1: So in the United States, med school is only the clinical part. Whereas in other countries, pre med, the pre clinical, and the clinical part of the med school. In other countries, pre clinical, they learn everything that the American student would learn in, before even they go to the med school. Now, when you are in the United States in med school, and when in Germany, we are in the post uh, pre med or in the f- first clinical part. Then um, I can just tell you in Germany, we get exposed to individual medical disciplines. And the most basic medical discipline is Dr. Van Homburg, the most basic medical discipline internal medicine. Internal medicine. Actually, that is where you learn how to get history from a patient. In Germany, you call it anamnesis, meaning that all previous uh, knowledge that we can gain just by talking to a patient. Then as well, a big part is how to examine the patient, you know, it, uh, in 2022, we rely so much on technology to give us medical information, but, but, there are so many things that you can learn from just doing a thorough medical examination. And I think at the end of this talk, we should talk a lot, a, a little about this subtleties of law of in the time that they didn't learn technologies, they just used it questioning and physical exam to gain tremendous amount of knowledge. Like Hector, one example that I learned, do you know how they would diagnose diabetes two generation or three generation before is for the doctor to taste the urine of the patient, because if the urine was sweet, that would mean that kidneys are getting rid of excess sugar. Now we can measure it with other means. So what was your experience Dr. Van Halme in China, about the first year, how to learn getting physical history and examination.
2: My Chinese was fluent. So um, I was very lucky to be given a lot of opportunities to interact with patients and retrieve this information. And one thing that my trainer told me was, Nick, you can make 70 to 80% of diagnosis just on patient history taken. And it's true. If you establish a good rapport with the patient and the patient trusts you, they will be able to tell you everything, and everything is in sequence. You can be able to pinpoint where the problem is coming from. If you add um, imaging um, studies and other ancillary tests, you should be able to formulate a diagnosis and a treatment plan.
1: Hector, tell me, did you do your pre-med?
2: Yeah, Puerto Rico is like a bachelor's degree.
0: So that's like your pre med. Uh, you need to complete some requirements for the medical school, like the basic course that we have been talking about, like the genital biology, genital chemistry, or organic chemistry, biochemistry, uh, immunology, anatomy, physiology. You, you know, those courses are required you to be able to enter or to even apply for medical school. And you learn a lot in, in the process. You learn. A lot about treatments you learn about diagnosis but obviously if you don't have the opportunity or you don't have the experience about clinical as a pre-med you will not be able to have that as uh, wide experience or perspective as you have uh, the opportunity there on china or in
1: is, is the pre-med in in puerto rico the same as in the rest of the united states
0: yeah, it's the same. Maybe some fluctuation with some classes. Maybe the how how they're they're covered. I mean, we can start with the cell. Maybe in another university they start with another topic, right? Uh, but I think it, it covered the same because you know it's a requirement in today's standards.
1: Considering what you heard from Dr. Van Hol from China experiment, experience and mine from Germany, what do you think? What's the major difference? between our preclinical training and your pre-med? What, are, what do you think, what are the most differences?
0: Well, one of the most differences is like, you don't have to look for yourself to be able to move to the clinical phase. Uh, on the pre-med, if you can be only focusing on your, on your courses and if you are not looking for the opportunity, if you're not looking for them, it will not come to you. I mean, it's a really good opportunity that you have like a pack horse uh, I mean, six years, you're getting the bachelors and the surgery. So I think that's a big difference that we are confronting right now as a premed. We don't have as much as exposition as, as Germany and China education. In the shadowing, help you to have the vision of what branch of medicine you would like to, to belong. And that can also help which branch of medicine you're not good and you
1: need to educate more of yourself. Let's talk about what we loved about the pre-med and what we hated about pre-med. Let's start with you, Victor. What did you lo- love about your pre-med? What did you hate about it? Obviously, I hear that you're a little almost jealous that you're not set. You're, you have to look for a med school, whereas yeah. we were set. We don't have to spend the time to look for that.
0: As a believer for every, every med student. I mean, uh, you're not only a student, you're competing um you don't have that stress in your in your shoulders as as united yep. citizens uh that are going to medical yep. school but going back to your first question about what i love and what i hate about undergraduate i think is you need to take a lot of courses that are not too related to to the medical uh industry but gives you a, lo- a lot of perspective and helps you to understand even more human uh behaviors uh, for example we took history it was not a uh, focus on the medicine, but also there's a lot of opportunities. I had the opportunity to make uh, a lot of research since 2019. And without that research, I mean, I was hunger for it. I, I looked for it, it wasn't, um, it didn't fall from the sky, but uh, you are able to hustle and you're able to be by yourself. If you really like it, it, it will make you fight for it. I think that's something I believe is, also beneficial from the from the undergraduate program, but it's also very stressful.
1: I hear though, in your experience, you got the broader training yeah. in longer period of time, and you had to fight for every opportunity to get closer to medical field, whereas ours was a more concentrated, tailored for medicine, and we didn't have to fight. We, our place in the m- continuation of the med school was saved. So that truly does take a lot of stress off.
0: So, Nick, tell us about your experience. Uh, what do you love and what do you hate about your preclinical? It was
2: challenging, time consuming. I had to stay up all night.
1: The stress of the the, the, going through the process of the but i loved
2: i love the results that i ripped but the, the the stress is not easy yeah the hard work it's you gotta put it to in to get results but not that i hated it i found it to be very challenging because in china there's a statement if you hate something you can never you find it very difficult but if, if even if it's challenging and you love it you can make progress with time mm-hmm. So, um, that is the basic meaning in Chinese. So it's very, very interesting. And that's basically what I did not like. So Dr. Abasi, tell us about yourself. What do you love and what do you hate about your experience?
1: Yeah, I really did hate a lot of things about my pre-med and most of that has to do directly with practically a series of memorizing facts and knowledge appear to me like randomly learning facts about like medical names, the name of the bone. And then not even what that bone, why that bone look like that, Yeah. but just the combination of medical facts about what is the name of each muscle, but less emphasize of why do we have that muscle? Why, why do we need that muscle? but just that this is a muscle, this is kind con- where it's connect from, connect to, and very dry. And so I would call it soulless gathering of knowledge. Mm-hmm. I hated that because I personally have very much problem to uh, absorb that information. Remember, uh, the reason we are doing this podcast is making learning fun. That yeah. was anything but fun just memorizing straight, dry facts. And what I loved about this, um, that's just one example. Um, we had a professor that uh, actually, when you would listen to him, he was explaining how a medical knowledge, how we gained in medical community, a medical knowledge. Like he was specifically talking about Frank Sterling, from Frank Starling mechanism that when your heart feel with more blood, it pumps stronger. That is a very hard concept in the cardiovascular physiology to understand. But when he described how these doctors found that kind of mechanism, I still remember that. I still remember how That knowledge was gained, and what that knowledge means for us as uh, doctors. So, what I hate about that, and I hated it a lot, is that uh, just memorizing of dry facts. What I loved about it, that short moment that you see a professor who has fun teaching that, put that hard, dry fact concept in an envelope that. It just get delivered to your brain properly. Yeah. We had, I would say, for uh, for seven professor who wanted us to just learn dry fact. We had only three professor that would really package it properly, that your brain uh, is able to put it in the right place in the right format. And I still remember those. Everything else, all those professor who just came to the uh, to that you know to the lecture and just recited facts and left and you would see in their face they didn't have fun to teach that
0: yeah yeah I think you're more optimistic saying that three out of seven I think t- in today's world uh, unfortunately we have less of those type of professor but yeah those professors do you you you, you you will remember them forever. Um, in Puerto Rico, I have some. I I I I I know for sure that you have some professors like that in China too. Those are the best type of professors, and the it's like that sparkle that they have when they're they're, they're oh. able to teach us and their their methods because it's not about only talking about what is it, what's on the book. It's the way you you teach it. Deliver, yeah, the brain. deliver. Tell,
1: tell me your stories. Tell me a story you remember, Hector. About so. The-
0: Professor, that ignited your flame. So th- it was one time uh, in Puerto Rico, we have a power uh, situation going on uh, all around the year. It doesn't matter if we are having a hurricane or it's just a sunny day. So one, t- one day um, I was taking, I remember biochemistry with this wonderful uh, professor. She, she, ha- she was the, the leader in the chemistry department and the light went out and i see a lot of students going out going out from the from their classrooms and our professors told us you nowadays you have phone take your phone put the flash on because we are learning this is your future and i was like wow that shocked me i, I even got um, goosebumps. Goosebumps, goosebumps right now. Yes. because um it was like she's not here only for the money or only for be able to to teach what is on the board on the or the powerpoint she loved, she loved it. She was patient about that. And when when she continued the class, even with no light, I mean, that even, that touched my heart. Yeah, that's yeah. the experience I had, uh, and I really enjoyed that. Um,
1: and you don't need too many people. You need a handful of people who ignite your flame and keep your flame going to yeah. build up on that.
0: So, yeah, as, as we talk, we learned about preclinical, premeds. pre-meds and the difference of cultures on education. We talk about China, Germany, and the United States. It is good information to be able to know, especially for people that are looking to go for medical education, uh, to be able to know what is the difference. So, Dr. Abbas, is there anything that you want to say about this education?
1: I just hope that the people who are trying to go into this, they understand that uh, even though the path is, at times can be hard, it is totally worth it. So you just have to prepare yourself for a very steep learning curve. And don't get disappointed at times. Education that you're being provided is not easy to absorb. Keep chipping on it and then you'll, you'll be there. Yeah. Thanks
0: for watching this and see you in the next episode. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Thank you.